Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you being with us. We've got a terrific guest for you today, and you're going to really like this show because it's a case of Americans fighting back against the tyranny that have been imposed upon us, particularly in the health. Uh, I mean, we're under a medical tyranny. We're under a medical dictatorship, and we're going to be talking to Adam Hartage today, and he is uh, fighting back in a very productive manner, not carrying signs and protesting, but actually taking action, and uh, I think you're going to really like this. And it's going to spin off into a lot of areas, and and uh, you're saying, is this going to be like the Tom Rents interviews you do? I think it'll be pretty similar. Yeah, yeah, guys fighting back. Uh, this segment of the program is brought to you by Noble Gold. And I used to just be an advertiser for Noble Gold, and I started hearing people rave about them, and they go, Dave, thanks for advertising for them. And I said, maybe I should look into this, and then I found out, if your economy gets into trouble and you're over leveraged in something, you're going to pay a big price, like a 1929 price. So I said, let me talk to them. And I had one conversation. I said, I got to do this. They never close the deal. You have to close the deal. They never push. So what I did was I said, okay, I got to look at gold, silver, Bitcoin. Uh, they'll, they'll back up your IRA and 401k. So if the sponsoring agent goes broke, you don't lose your investment. They're the best there is, people. If you are worried about protecting your assets going forward as we're getting ready to go to war, as the dollar is in big, big trouble. Uh, I mean, this is something that you really need to look at and they won't pressure you. They'll send you free material. So there's two ways to contact them. One, you can call them 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. Or you can simply go to their website and fill out a little form and they'll send you the materials for free and you'll have to call them back because they're not pushy. They're trained that way. Uh, that website that you'd go to is Gold Before Late. That word before, goldbeforelate.com. So those are two ways. Uh, if you've got a nest egg to protect, retirement to protect, you really need to look into this, and I speak from experience. Well, Adam Hartage has an interesting background, and we're going to have him talk to you about that first, but he's doing something that I bet most of you have not yet heard of. And uh, fortunately, I was talking to C.J. Wheeler and some other related people, and then I heard about Adam, and I said, well, i got to get Adam on my show. This is pretty cool. Adam, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could join us. Hey, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Glad you had me on. Well, let me ask you, you're not a doctor by trade, right? <laughs> no, I can, uh, I can barely spell medicine. So, but I, but I, but I have a lot of doctors uh, affiliated with our with our network now. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That that's that's what we're going to get into. But so so, what is your background professionally? Well, it, it's interesting that you ask because before I ever uh, became a businessman, I was a military man. So mm -hmm. I spent about twenty years of my you know my better years, if you will. Um, running around the world, uh, most of it post 9-11. And I, I, I had a, a very, I guess, uh, interesting career in special operations and actually also in the clandestine service. So I, I, I come at this, um, the problem set that we see nowadays with, with I think, a, a very different sort of lens and viewpoint than a lot of folks, than a lot of conventional businessmen. Um, but it was uh, in 20... 17 that we started this company remote health solutions uh and at first we were just a, a telemedicine company that uh you know was focused a lot on uh on 
supporting different industries like um, military uh, special operations units overseas. We had a, a neat technology that could allow them to talk to a doctor 10,000 miles away. And then we were also looking at uh, maritime industry and oil and gas and aircraft. You know, if we could put a doctor on every flight by having a virtual box in the airplane. Uh, so it was really trying to, telemedicine was still kind of in its early stages, if you will. And uh, didn't really even get kickstarted until um, really COVID kicked off. Um, but that actually did not help our business at all uh, because we were really focused uh, on, on doing business solutions for uh, different industries. We had never really looked at direct consumer, uh, you know, medical care. And it wasn't until, uh, I'll tell you, it was the night of October 7th, 2021. I will never forget this. I went to bed that night having just seen at Kaiser Permanente fired like 1,400 hospital workers for refusing the jab. And uh, I came into the office the next day and I told my team, I said, we're going to build Noah's Ark for medicine. I said, we're changing everything that we do in this company and, and, and the way that we do it. And they said, well, what does that mean? And I said, we are going to find a way. I don't know how, but we're going to find a way to hire every single doctor and nurse and nurse practitioner, PA and healthcare professional that is, has been fired for refusing to take an experimental gene modification therapy. It's like, I don't care if you like the vax or if you don't like the vax, that's not the issue. The issue is medical tyranny. The issue is, are we a, are we a country that uh, follows the rule of law? Are we a country of common sense in the constitution? Are we a country that uh, values personal freedom and individual liberty? Or are we a country that wants to go down the path of the you know other failed Stalinist, Marxist, communist, um, regimes and i see what's happening right now uh, given that that military background that i have i look at this and i said i think what we're really witnessing is nothing less than an attempted overthrow of our of our beloved country and throwing everything out the window uh, if they take the healthcare system uh, that's one of the core pillars needed to overthrow a country and it's happened every time in history if you study your history uh, healthcare and controlling access to it and how you get it and social credit is a very, very, very key thing for controlling the population in order to enact tyranny. And we just aren't going to stand for it. So we drew a very hard line in the sand and we said, yeah, this is not happening. Our company is going to literally lead the charge for all doctors and nurses and we're going to build healthcare system 2.0 and um, we are people that literally uh, practice medicine free from discrimination. And for that, somehow that makes us radicals. Well, I don't think it makes you radicals. I think it makes you patriots. Um, I think it's interesting. You already had the infrastructure in place to do what you're doing to give a landing spot to people who stood by their principles. Oh, that's pretty interesting. I did, I did not know that. I didn't know your your practice had been that extensive. Um, how many people do you employ now? Um, we employ we we still have a small team. We're about um, probably about fifteen strong uh, as far as the core company goes. But the way that we work, and I don't want to give too terribly much away, but the way that we work is we are we build a network. We are building a network of independent practitioners and so what that means is when a when a medical professional wants to be part of our network or come work with us uh, we require them first to establish their own professional corporation so that they 
relationship between us and them is one of corporation to corporation, not individual or employee to corporation. And the reason for that is so that we as a company can never be coerced to make them as an employee do something uh, that they may not want to do. So we, uh-huh. it's all about it's all about trying to build a resilient, uh, decentralized network of uh, patriots and medical professionals that literally just want to do what they were trained to do. Okay, now it, with the Supreme Court ruling that just came down, they struck down the employer mandates, uh, but uh, they left intact the health uh, personnel mandates. And um, so by not making them employees, I think that exempts you from that responsibility of enforcement. What does it do for, for the people who are basically independent contractors? Um, independent contractors from a legal standpoint, um, we, we've been around and around with uh, the lawyers on this, uh, which is why we don't bring people on as, as independent contractors, as 1099s. And the reason for that is because from a legal standpoint, I believe they're looked at as employees. Uh, So let's say I brought on a network of a thousand doctors and and nurses. Well, now I'm over a hundred, technically they're employees and they're 1099. So I would have to, or theoretically I would have to make them go get the jab. Right. But that's, that's not going to happen. And so, um, you know, at this point, so we started, you know, supporting this new business model, this, this Noah's Ark for Medicine uh, in early October. And we had it uh, up and running and by mid-November. And so I will say in that five weeks, uh, we launched a new website, a new telehealth platform, a new vitamin supplement line, a new uh, e-commerce platform. We uh, hired three additional new people. We changed the entire core infrastructure of the way that our business operates. And we onboarded our first uh, hundred uh, doctors and nurse practitioners across the states. So um, now, you know, it's only been what three months or so. We are, are operating in all fifty states. We have hundreds—I'll just leave it at that—hundreds of medical professionals uh, on our team and in, in our network, and we cover twenty-four-seven, uh, almost every state, twenty-four-seven uh, for telehealth and telemedicine. Are all the employees uh, that you uh, reach an agreement with, for lack of a better term, uh, are they, uh, would they still fall into the mandate of requiring them individually to get the jab exclusive of you and your relationship with them? If, uh, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, if, if we were a company that maybe had over 100, uh, it might be a different story, but I think right now, I mean, first off, it, it doesn't matter if they mandate a jab or not, even if we have two employees or, or, or a thousand employees. It just will never, I, I will never, never um, allow that to happen. I yeah. will never force anyone to put anything into their body that they do not themselves want. I mean, this is the most in, insane thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, wh- let me ask you this. Where's, where's, the, um, where's the my body, my choice well it worked in the 70s i'm not sure it's going to work now um yeah yeah listen you don't have to go very far to see the hypocrisy in what they do i mean just you know as a side just look at ukraine we have to protect the sovereignty of ukraine's borders but meanwhile we'll ignore our own borders and censor people who talk about it 
Yeah, that 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 is the height of hypocrisy. Well, not only that, but what's really interesting too is um, if you if you watch any of the the news outlets right now, I mean, they are manufacturing a war that um, doesn't need to be there. It's very much a wag the dog type mm-hmm. situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In case be... anybody has seen yeah. that movie. Are you familiar with BAE? Uh, as in the company, BAE? Yes. Mm-hmm. BAE. Uh, I forget the name of it. I've called it BAE for so long I forgot what it stood for. But it's uh, uh, they're connected to controlling a lot of uh, conglomerates that control newspapers. And they're connected to the defense industry. So this is why you're seeing the media come out in favor of a war that makes no sense. Yeah, well, it's really interesting because if you listen to the government of Ukraine, they're like, the Ukrainian government's like, hey, there's, there's really, there's no threat. Russia's not, they're not invading. And, and then the U.S. is like, yes, they are. And, and Ukraine is like, no, literally, we're on the ground. We're telling you that they're not invading. And the American media is like, well, yes, they are. We're going to go ahead and manufacture this war anyway. Then we're we're going to provoke it. Yeah, we're, we're going to provoke the war. There's no question about it. And it's a war that has absolutely no strategic value for the United States. It's just, I know we're kind of off in the woods here, but with your spec ops background, that's uh, interesting. You know, and there's something about spec ops I should mention. I've learned through my work through the years, and I'm the son of a naval intelligence officer, so I know a little bit about this and raised in that kind of environment, but... The one thing that people don't realize, they think spec ops just go in and they, they assassinate people and, and blow up things and get uh, land ready for invasion, which they do. But also, too, um, you guys are, are really good at reforming an area. In other words, if an area, if you want to build an ally, you come in and they need schools, you, you facilitate whatever they need yeah. in that particular area. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. 100%. It's... Uh, it... The way we look at it is, uh, I should say that the way that the the military and the special operations world look at it is that you're looking at, um, if you're going to shape a society, you've got to shape what we call conditions. So that is, you know, whether you need a, you need civil infrastructure, you need uh, to keep the lights on, you need a monetary system, you need, uh, you know, civic leaders, you need, uh, government organizations and everything else. So all of those things are just literally tools of, of, of control. And, and that's one of the things that, I mean, I, so I personally was, uh, I, I understood unconventional warfare, uh, guerrilla warfare, networking and uh, paramilitary uh, operations very, very well. And that's really kind of what I specialized in. And, and post 9-11, there was a whole lot of that going on. So uh, you know, I've done four wars, um, and 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 it's it's uh, I guess really around the world, it, it just it's always kind of the same flavor uh, in a different place. So um, I, I, it can be used for good things, and it can be used for bad things. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. But but I, I, this is where I was leading with that question, though, about spec ops. I, I think your background really lent very well to what you're doing now. The construction, but also the ability to adapt an existing business model to fit a current problem. I, I would agree with you. Um, the the way I think of it, kind of in my mind, is you know if you think of uh, like a football player who's uh, hitting the um, or, you know the the pads basically. You know they they run, they hit it, and then they bounce off and they roll to the next one. They hit it and they bounce off and roll to the next one. That's kind of what running a small business is like. As you know, you've got to be quick to 
to identify opportunity and to pivot and to and to you know really uh, change to to the market conditions and what's working. And you know when COVID hit, we got hurt just like everybody else. I mean it it, it crushed our business on both on the B two B side and then on the B two government side. Uh, it really really uh, put a put a hurting on on everybody. We were no exception to that. And I'll tell you, we were kind of floundering for a little bit until we saw until we saw that they were really, I think, because at first, when COVID first hit, I, I think most of us believed that that the government was still kind of an honest broker and that people, good people were doing, trying to do good things and trying to understand a problem and were coming at this honestly. And I think it took a while. I know for me, it took over a year for the scales to fall from my eyes, so to speak. Uh, and it was... It was really the vaccine mandate that 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 made me 100% realize uh, what was going on, and that's when I just drew the line. I said, "No more." I said, "You know, we uh, it's the old boa constrictor method, you know, of, of squeeze you and then uh, let let you loose a little bit, and then squeeze you again yeah. a little tighter." And that's how they, you know, take take liberties away from us. It's just one little squeeze at a time, one little step at a time. And finally, I, you know, I, I just said as a company that no, that's not going to happen. Not only did I take an oath, you know, uh, to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, which I still take very seriously, um, it's just wrong. It's just morally and ethically bankrupt to to try and do what they're doing. So I, we will not stand for it. What was your branch? Uh, I was. I was a graduate of Air Force Academy in 97, and I was a communications Air Force officer. And then uh, 9-11 happened. I crossed over to uh, the Army Special Forces, specifically with 19th and 20th Group on the National Guard side. And then I got picked up by the Defense Intelligence Agency to go be a clandestine operations guy for them. And then I, my, last, my last assignment in there was uh, working for General Flynn. Uh, before he left and became the uh, national security advisor. Well, he had an ominous, uh, excuse me, an ominous warning yesterday when he said the way we're going, Biden's going to cost uh, hundreds of millions of people their lives. Yeah, at, at the uh, he he wrote an article in the, I think it was the Western Journal. He uh, he sent it to me. Uh, I think it was two days ago, and uh, it just gave me chills. You know, thinking about. Thinking about, I don't know if if what's happening in this current administration is intentional or if it's just um, incompetence, but it's. I do know that it's dangerous, and and you know I, when I think about that, the only thing I can do is frankly get back to work and stay hyper focused and hope that they don't that they don't uh, you know make some massive strategic error that leads to. Um, you know, World War Three, which um, I don't know. Right now, if I was a betting man, I, I would just say that it's a it's a flip of the flip of the coin right now. But there's nothing I could do about that, especially in my current situation. So the only thing I can do is bring more and more and more doctors on board and more and more and more patients on board. Patients that actually want to see a doctor that's going to be honest with them, that that want to see a doctor that shares their values. You know, that's that's all I can do is, is, you know, what little piece of the what little piece of good we can. 
Yeah, uh, it's a good approach. You brought up a really good point, and it, it lends itself right into your business that we're going to return to. But it, it's this: is what's happening to America, both medically, militarily, uh, educationally, and you can go into so many different venues. Is this being? Is this just a result of greed and avarice, and and misguided intentions or incompetence? Or is this intentional? And I got to tell you, Adam, I wrestled with this for a while, too, when Biden came in. Uh, and I didn't think he would be so uh, um, brazen as to deliberately make it obvious he's bringing the country down. But I made a checklist one day. And I listed out, I think it was about 11 things that are just extremely detrimental to the continuance of our republic everything from individual liberties to military discipline. I mean, we're teaching our soldiers to be woke rather than how to kill. And so I listed all these things and I said, what's good? What has he done that I could point to and there's a silver lining in there somewhere? There was nothing. And I asked people, I, I even went into print. I was on my podcast and I asked people, I said, send me something positive he's done. And I never got anything of any substance. So when you look at that and the score is 11 to nothing, and it's a year, it's over a year now, I don't know how we can say it's anything but intentional. And when you look at the phrase build back better, uh, what what's better? They don't define that, but also too, to build it back, you have to destroy it. And that's communist speak. That's Karl yeah, Marx well, speaking to destroy that before is, you install communism. That's that's 100% correct. Um it, so for anybody that's listening, I would highly encourage them to go Google Build Back Better. And they will see that not only was it Biden's um, slogan, but it was a slogan of every single globalist politician that is part uh, of the Davos group and part of like, – this all comes from Agenda 2030 and uh, the World Economic Forum and the New World Order. People who say, oh, you're crazy or whatever else – don't don't ask me or don't you know don't take my word for it just go google it google build that better click on images and see what you see well let's do that right now i'm right here um i wish we were on tv <laughs> we will be soon yeah uh yeah i think you are making a very good point um i'm seeing this phrase in a variety of settings interesting very very interesting Words matter, according to the World Economic Forum. You know, they're using the phrase um, out of the World Economic Forum called the Great Reset. And I challenge the word great, but okay, the monumental reset. Isn't that the same thing as Build Back Better? You destroy it first, now you're going to reset it? Um, yep, it's, uh, it, it, it is very much part of the entire doctrine that uh, that they go with, and that's... If you just look at, I mean, boy, this this can of worms we could talk about for hours. Um, oh yeah, but it's know, influenced I, what uh, you've I'll, done. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's your guiding light. Um, you're trying to preserve what's good, not tear it down so you can build it back. Yeah, that that is correct. Um, there's a I, I I love the TV show Yellowstone. I think Costner's terrific. Um, and there's a fantastic line at the close, or maybe it's the start of the season. I can't remember the close of the last season, but 
he's uh, standing up and he says, you know, people want to come here and they want to change what's what this land is, uh, you know, and they want to they want progress. He says I'm the rock that progress bashes against, <laughs> and I will not break. And and I love that. I, I it's just so fitting for the world we find ourselves in today, because. I will tell you, I am a 47-year-old man with uh, two kids. I uh, I have I do not break the law. I held a top-secret clearance for 20 years. I am, uh, you know, I am a good citizen. I serve my country. I pay my taxes. You know, I go to uh, jury duty when summoned. I pay my parking tickets. You know, all that stuff. Uh, and the only thing I wanted was to be left alone so that I could build my business. That's it. I just want to be a productive member of society. I want to raise my family. I want to be left alone. And for whatever reason, there is a large group of, um, you know, of, of progressives that refuse to just leave people alone. And they keep pushing and they keep pushing and they do not know what they are doing. Uh, and, and I fear that the consequences for them will be very significant. Interesting. You're saying, you're talking about leaving you alone. There's a phrase I've employed for years in, in, my, uh, in my various genres that I've done, and it goes like this. There are those who just want to be left alone, and then there are those who won't leave them alone. And that really encapsulates what you're talking about here. And, and, and the vaccine mandate is the perfect example of this. It doesn't prevent transmission. Um, it violates the sovereignty one has over their body. And it's just amazing. I go get shots twice a month in, in a hospital setting. And uh, I got to be friends with the nurses and a couple of the doctors there. And I'd come in and they watched my show or they listened to our podcast. And they'd come over and talk to me about the latest. Um, all but one of them are now gone post January 1st and you know why they're mm. gone because they wouldn't take the jab. mandate yeah that's yeah, right I... and 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 four of them had religious exemptions I the one that's still working there uh, she said uh, I, I object to this because of aborted fetal cells being used and the blah 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 it violates my uh, you know and the mm -hmm. vaccine it violates my religious beliefs well the other three nurses that were her friends used the same argument Three got rejected for almost a word-to-word -word document, and the one got accepted. It's crazy. That's not surprising. But what people have to realize, too, is that this is not about that. It's, it's interesting because we have a lot of people that call us and ask for religious exemptions, uh, and we can't do religious exemptions because we're, you know, we don't, we don't do that. Um, but but it, we're happy to give them, you know, uh, some advice, recommendations, websites to go to, things like that. But uh, one thing we do also get a lot of is medical exemption requests, and there are some definitely legitimate medical request issues. Um, but me personally, my my view on that is don't even ask for an exemption because if you ask for an exemption, uh, you're just you're still bending the knee. Yeah, you're, you're right. saying okay, well, you know, I guess it's not that bad of bullying, which that's really what this is. This is this is bullying. Uh, it is. You know, coercion is really nothing more than that. And if people if people bend the knee even just a little bit, you know, then they win. Then then the bully wins. And I will tell you, 
there's only one way to stop a bully, and that is to stop a bully. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, when you look at medical exemptions, what kinds of things can people uh, claim to try to avoid the mandatory requirement? Well, I'm not a doctor, so don't take this as medical advice. Um, uh, I, I certainly am aware of many of the things that exemptions have been granted for, uh, and I will say that there's a whole range of pre-existing conditions, autoimmune diseases, um, uh, you know, other just, I would say that almost anything that is in a person's history um, that can, you know, be used to justify an exemption, a doctor, most most decent honorable doctors will go ahead and uh, sign an exemption for. But the problem really comes in with the, uh, the AMA, so the American Medical Association, and then the independent, or not independent, but the various state board, medical boards, uh, are really part of the problem here and that's that that they're threatening doctors with uh their licenses they're threatening and the fda is doing the same thing with uh pharmacies and cdc same thing i mean it's it is ridiculous um you've got dea and fda strike teams i I mean I, i wish you could see me doing the air quotes strike teams whose job it is to intercept shipments of ivermectin I'm like, what is wrong with you people? It's this is a drug that's been around for 40 years, been prescribed over four billion times, and uh, has literally. Uh, we know that it is literally um, not a dangerous drug. It is on the World Health Organization's number two list of uh, essential medicines. It is, it is it is number two on the list of essential world medicines. It is number two for uh, <laughs> on on the NIH's own uh, website for uh, explorative uh, treatments for COVID. I mean, it, it is insane. The guy who invented the thing won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2015. It's, I mean, and so now, and also it's an FDA approved drug. So now you're telling me that we have the FDA and DEA strike teams to go intercept uh, imports of what is a perfectly legal and useful drug. Like, why don't you guys focus on the heroin trade or the fentanyl or, like, why don't you secure our border? Not that it's the DEA's job to do so, but it's the DEA's job to intercept those drugs coming across the border. I don't get it. By what legal authority can they do that? The uh, Well, it's, it's not about legal authorities anymore. It's about big stick versus little stick. It's about bullying. It is about uh, they can because they're the guys with the guns, so to speak. And we okay. have gotten to a very, very dangerous place in that regard. Um, well, I would agree. Yeah, that's why I asked the question, because right now the rule of law in this country is dead. You're, you're exactly right. You can't that, go to court and expect a fair fair ruling in very many cases. Um, I'm going to go back to your business now for a second here and focus on this. Um, the doctors who you work with, and you've given them an outlet, um, are they receiving that kind of harassment from the state uh, licensing boards that you mentioned? Um, to a certain extent, I know that I know of several cases where there's been harassment uh, from uh, from state licensing boards, and then as well, um, I know that my own chief medical officer um, was not too subtly threatened when. I mean, so every doctor in the U.S. knows this because the AMA 
the American Medical Association put out literally a, an unveiled threat to every single doctor in the U.S. It says, basically, if you speak out against the vaccine, we will pull your license. Think about that. Think about that. So for exercising a First out, Amendment right, yeah. If you speak out against the vaccine, we will pull your license. Now, this is a vaccine that we know, according to Bear's own data, has had over a million negative interactions just in the U.S., has killed more than 20,000 people. I mean, you, I mean it, 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 it's, it's, it has killed more people in one year than all vaccines combined in the past 40 years. The, the world has just lost its collective mind. That is it. We intend to be an island of sanity in an otherwise insane world. So the people that are affiliated with our network, it is a wonderful, wonderful thing to have doctors and nurses who actually are sentient human beings that can think for themselves, that want to provide honest, ethical services to patients. And our patients, I would highly encourage everybody, go to our website, rhsusa.com. That's Remote Health Solutions. You can Google us. That's rhsusa.com. Schedule yourself for a telehealth appointment. If you are a doctor or a medical professional, um, especially if you're a prescribing uh, provider and you want to be in this network, contact us, reach out to us, send us an email at team, T-E-A-M, at rhsusa.com. If you're a patient and you need a new doctor, you, you want to see somebody that can give you honest advice uh, and honest treatment that, that is not going to try and um, you know, harm you or, or, or mandate that you put something in your body that you don't want, call us and schedule an appointment or actually during calls just go straight online rhsusa.com click on the patient portal set yourself up for an appointment we see people in all 50 states um it's 89 dollars cash pay for a telehealth appointment we don't touch insurance and there's a reason for that at this point because if we take any kind of insurance money from either medicare medicaid or any of the other big players then we are beholden to medicare medicaid rules and that means we have to then mandate jabs. It is, this whole system is so corrupt right now. It is completely corrupt. The only thing that we can do is break away from that system, operate in an upright way, morally, uh, legally, ethically, all those things, and provide an outlet for the people who are seeking honest medical care. I, 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 I beg for patients and doctors to come to us because the, the bigger we are, the stronger we are together. And the only way to make this thing stop is when we all stand up together and throw off the, the, the chains of, frankly, bondage, which, which the, the globalists and, and the people in our own government are trying to throw on us. It's, just, it's, it's so depressing to even hear this. So when someone comes on for a teleappointment, do they have to be in the same state as the doctor that they're seeing on uh, the, the Zoom no. or whatever conference system you use? No, they do not. In fact, um, our, our doctors, many of our doctors are licensed in, uh, you know, 20 or 30 states. So a doctor can be sitting in, uh, let's just say, you know, California and talking to a patient in Texas assuming that that doctor has a license for the state of Texas. 
So they just have to be licensed wherever the patient is physically located. Okay. And then you would have a registry that would, I'm sure, explain that to people that, uh, okay, here's how you find a doctor in your state for our service. Yep. That, that, makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. How do they take the vitals? Uh, well, for all the, a lot of the telehealth stuff that we do, so we, there's a difference that we, that we think of between telemedicine and telehealth. Telehealth is, is seeing and talking to a patient, uh, you know, over a video chat, listening to the patient uh, describe whatever symptoms or issues is going on. And there's probably not vital signs involved in that. Um, if, if it is going to be like a telemedicine visit where we are going to collect vital signs and things like that, the patient um, needs to have probably a scale, a temperature probe, a blood pressure cuff, and a pulse oximeter. Now, those four devices, I would recommend that everybody have in their home, period. Uh, it's, it's, it, they're, they're cheap for less than 200 bucks. You can have uh, the full suite of you know, a scale, a, uh, a blood pressure cuff, a pulse oximeter, and a temperature probe. You have those four things, you've got 95% of everything that you need uh, to get the medical care that, you, that you're looking for. About the only thing that telemedicine can't do is surgery and, you know, set a broken leg type thing. <laughs> that would be quite a feat. What about prescription of medication? Yep. So the uh, doctors, as long as they are licensed in the state that the patient is located in, um, can call in a prescription to a pharmacy, and that patient can either go pick it up or sometimes we do uh, mail prescriptions. Um, but But most of the time, especially for the, I would say about 90% of our visits right now are COVID related people either wanting uh, preventive uh, medications uh, that, that they can take um, or they want some sort of post exposure treatment. And, um, and I would say that's probably about 90%. So, so they don't necessarily want to have things mailed if it's post exposure because they want to get the meds fast. So I will say that we're usually able to get, uh, medications in people's hands within 24 hours. Sometimes I've seen it as long as, as several days, but, but that's, that's kind of an exception. And I will tell you that of the thousands of patients we have seen for COVID, to the best of my knowledge, not one has ever gone to the hospital or in, been admitted into an ICU. Yeah. This is Dave Hodges Prejudice, okay? Not yours, not your organizations. I just want to make sure the listeners yep. know this. I will not go in the hospital. If I hit COVID, will not go. Um, Tom Rents rescued someone where the hospital was going to put him to death. I have an agent who uh, knew a YouTube star where this happened in California. And uh, she begged to be let out. She begged for people to come and help her. And they didn't get the temporary restraining order in time. Um, <laughs> for the, those, I'm changing my medical power of attorney now. Uh, we have an appointment here in, I think, about 10 days to take care of that with our attorney where my wife has clear instructions from me. If I end up there, because I don't have the volition to make the decision not to go, that I'm saying that, no, my wife will be in charge of my treatment. And um, I do not trust hospitals right now. Am I, I know what I've seen, and I know what I've heard, and, and I've talked to Tom Rents, and I'm sure you know who he is, uh, the lawyer for the frontline doctors. But um, um, do you think I'm being overly paranoid and saying I'll avoid hospitals or, or, and, and circumvent the emergency system, the ICU system? You know, that is a tough one. Um, 
I I know what I my personal thoughts are and beliefs are on it. Uh, I would the only thing I would just say is know your doctor and know know the treatment uh, team that that would you know that that would be looking after you. And if you don't know them, then me personally, I would be a little bit reserved. Uh, luckily, I have a network of doctors that I can rely on, um, and I would say that anyone who is who who wants to the benefit of that same thing needs to give us a call or needs to just go on our website and sign up for our services um because having a a a bunch of doctors who i trust and believe and i can ask them honestly what do i need to do um you know they can tell me whether or not you know going to the er going checking myself into a hospital is worth you know the risk or what hospital i might want to go to they know that that people are going to treat treat people fairly so uh, we've seen we've seen that stuff too, and I I'm aware of you know the hospital incentives for you know paying somebody you know if they if they have COVID on their death certificate. I'm aware of of all the the payouts that go in, and I'll tell you that's just one reason why we uh, don't want anything to do with the Medicare and Medicaid system right now. Is it's it's certainly not designed to benefit the patient. No, you're you're saying in a very clever way what my fear is. I couldn't have said it any better, and I and I understand your position for your company and why you have to say it that way. But um, there there are concerns now that are coming out. In fact, I was just treated by a nurse, and I don't want to be too specific, but she was well aware. In fact, I thought the payment for COVID diagnosis was thirteen thousand because that's what it was when it began, and now it's thirty thousand. At least in Arizona where I live, it's thirty thousand. And I asked her, well, how much for a COVID death on a death certificate? She said, I really don't know. I haven't seen that end of it. But I was told today it's close to $90,000, depending on your state. That's, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers. I just, uh, I've, I've definitely um, received personal testimony from doctors who've explained that. Um, mm-hmm. that, that system, and it's, to me, it's a really sickening thing. It's, it's a really horrific thing. And I, I don't want to get too sort of um, uh, uh, too crazy, but um, one of the most recent and extremely disturbing things that I heard of from one of our doctors um, was was to start paying attention to um, what the, to those patients uh, who go into the ICU and then also correspondingly. Uh, have a organ donor check mark on their driver's license. Oh yes, uh-huh. and uh, whether or not uh, they come back out. Yes. Is that anecdotal? Is that conspiratorial? I don't know. Uh, I just, I think we're in these are dangerous times. I think people need to be very, very, very cautious for themselves and their families. I think what I tell my team all the time is get your house in order. And I mean that for all of my employees. So first things are always first, meaning the family comes first. You know, our company is definitely second. Um, so individuals need to take care of their families. They need to be well prepared with, I think, at least six months worth of basic necessities on hand. Um, you know, there's no excuse at this point to, to not be be prepared for for uh, for disturbances and i mean we are in a hyperinflationary well not hyper we are in an inflationary environment 
which has the potential to become a hyperinflationary environment. Uh, there's a lot of global instability. I just, when I look at like sort of warnings and indicators, um, I, I just think to myself, well, right now this is a dangerous time, so cautious is or caution is is prudence. So it's, uh, yeah. I, so all my employees, they are strongly encouraged to have six months worth of things on hand. So whether that's medications, food, diapers, you know, I mean, heck, just even look at. You know, I, I go to your local supermarket. You tell me how, how full or how bare the shelves are right now. And now that you just had the VAX mandate instituted in Canada and you've got 75,000 trucks a day or whatever that's supposed to be rumbling across the borders and there's a huge fight uh, in the trucking industry right now about the VAX mandate, um, that's going to have knock-on effect with our supply chain and stuff. So I'll tell you, so we, we have a vitamin supplement that we have manufactured it's a tremendous, it's called the Vital Pack. It's a tremendous thing. I'll just plug it real quick. I'll say it is, um, it is everything that the immune system needs uh, to, to defend against COVID. Uh, and, and, and I'll leave it at that. But I will say that it took an extra month, this last batch for them to produce, because the supply chains are so constrained. It took oh, yeah. that long just to even get raw materials and ingredients. So... Uh, all of that is a very long-winded way of saying people need to be prepared. And I think one of those ways, one of the pillars that they should be doing that is on is in medical care as well. So as long as the lights stay on and the grid stays up, we should be in business. Um, yeah, there's another problem. There's two problems. If we go to war, which could be imminent, might not be, but could be. And if it does, all the resources go to the military. So if you think you got shortages now, you ain't seen nothing yet. And then the other thing that is going on, there's something raging through China. They're calling it hemorrhagic. There's different theories about what it really is, but they're locking their country down tighter than a drum to save the Olympics. They've shut down their six major ports. And with that going on, how can we not have a huge shortages, huge set of shortages in four weeks? And that means the medical too. I'm telling people, if you need something, get it now. I agree. I agree with that entirely. Yeah, it's a really scary time that we're living in. Uh, when when your doctors write a prescription, do, mm -hmm. do do they go over into the ivermectin area and the hydroxychloroquine? Uh, short answer is yes. Okay. So we we um, we very much like uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, uh, both of those. Um, I think they're just part of good COVID protocol. They've just been shown to um, be very efficacious. And, and as, again, I'm not a doctor. That's not medical advice, but I'm just telling you from experience, and we've got experience with thousands of people, uh, including every single person in our company. Yeah. Well, uh, we had we, COVID uh, ripped through our company back uh, fall of this last year. And I mean, everyone went down with it. It was crazy all at like the same time, right as we we're trying to expand and new things and stuff. And right as we were pivoting into this new, new thing. And so it was kind of almost comedic at the time because it was just one after the other, after the other. I mean, it wasn't really funny because I mean, I was, uh, I was sick for a couple of days. Um, but I will tell you, uh, having ivermectin on hand, hydroxychloroquine, um, vitamin D3, zinc, B12, uh, vitamin C, vitamin, uh, or let's see, what am I? Oh, quercetin, all those things, terrific. And I'll tell you that um, 
that every single one of us came through just fine. A few days, we were back on our feet, everybody's good, including my 78-year-old father-in-law, who is a COPD and a congestive heart failure patient, who's also, um, you know, a little bit on the, on the heavy side these days. So, you know, that, that uh, he is the number one sort of risk factor, high, high risk factor patient. And he was down for about two or three days, but uh, ivermectin and uh, that the COVID protocol that we like, that we support, he's back on his feet in just a couple of days. So you may call that anecdotal, but I say, well, that's a real world. It works. So yeah, I had my brush with it. I never had a positive diagnosis, but I had all the symptoms, and we did some of the things that you just mentioned, and I had some help getting ivermectin. That's all I'm going to say about that from someone really prominent that most people have heard of. But um, <laughs> that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But I was uh, back to normal in three days. And uh, it's, it's, it, if you handle it right, it's okay. I'm going to use this opportunity just for a second. And this is uh, uh, based on the opinion of the show and not the guest. But, but um, there's a time for a ventilator. But the one of the things I've learned from doctors I've talked to if you go into the hospital for COVID and they ventilate you and you're on it three days, your lungs start to begin the process of forgetting to learn how to breathe on their own. And if they decide to suspend treatment for whatever it is, and this is where the accusations of killing patients comes from, and they withdraw the ventilator, that's where some death can occur. And I say can occur. It's not 100% guarantee. But I've talked to over a dozen doctors who have these kinds of experiences and they, they tell me, yeah, my concerns are valid. And I just wanted to say that what we're talking about here with Adam are there uh, alternatives, I think, to, to putting yourself in serious risk. And that's why, Adam, I'm not putting you in the middle of my opinion. I'm being very careful sure. about that. But I'm saying this is why I would be inclined to seek out your service than others. The question I have, though, pharmacies are getting squeezed so hard by the FDA um, do your doctors have trouble prescribing some of the medications that we've discussed here? Um, I will say that the pharmacy piece is an ever-changing battlefield. That, like every single week, we, um, uh, you know, we're constantly updating our lists of what pharmacies can uh, can supply everything we need and which ones can't. Um, and so, I would just say, to date. You know, knock on wood, we have not we have not failed to deliver, um, but but it, it is a it is it is a tenuous uh, situation every week. I would just say with the pharmacies because they're they're being pushed put under a lot of pressure right now, which is frankly I think criminally negligent on the administration's part. Um, it's, Mal it's malpractice. It is. Yeah, malpractice. It, it is it is malpractice, and, and um, I will say that you know that that this will turn. Uh, but those who have been on the wrong side of history, and they know who they are, uh, I believe the punishment for them will be very severe. And I mean, because they have, I believe that there is not just negligence but malintent uh, on a global basis and I, I think that is a recipe for tremendous instability and disaster uh, when people stand up <laughs> history has a yep. history has a way of 
of uh, you know of rectifying the the evils of of tyrants and dictators. Yeah, a country in need of the uh, Nuremberg Protocols. There's no question about yeah. it. Um, I couldn't I couldn't have said that any better. You said that so well without being offensive. But um, well, but I'm you know what, <laughs> what you just talked about with malintent is exactly what I'm saying about the Biden administration. The net, this is this, what they're doing to us. I mean, like I'll just give you one example unrelated to medicine. You, you know, you cut off oil pipelines and cause energy uh, to soar and utility rates to soar and people have to make decisions in the winter whether to eat or heat. That's unconscionable you do that to such a high level. 20% of your population, to be exact, are faced with that decision. And and how could you do that and then turn around and start buying oil from Russia and you're ready to go to war with Russia? I mean, this is just pure self-destruction because Russia's not going to send us oil if we're going to fight them. Um, this is yeah. nuts what we're doing, but it's not nuts. It's intent and it's malintent, just like you said. I'm glad to hear that your doctors have a workaround, uh, shall we say, up-to-date roster of what they can get from whom. I think that is really, really important. If we ever get, we need a quick answer on this because we only got about a minute and a half left. If we got, sure. if we ever got post-pandemic, do you see uh, your your business surviving into the future, just adapting to Absolutely. other things? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, so the, the strength in our business is really in the network itself. So it's in the doctors, it's okay. in the nurses, the nurse practitioners, and then it's in the patients. And so really what this is, COVID has created uh, an open door for um, basically the medical system 2.0, if you will. So if you think about it, like your first level of care is your telehealth and your telemedicine stuff. Your second level of care is boots on the ground, nurses in the homes, the third level of care is probably uh, mobile ICUs, things like that. So it's really going to change the entire landscape of how healthcare is delivered. Uh, I'm very, very excited. And, and I, I, I will say I think COVID is a bubble, so to speak. You know, I think it goes away at some point. But uh, this, this new sort of way of providing medical care I don't think goes away ever because it's just too convenient. It's cost-effective, and it's, and it's fast. I agree with your latter assertion. I, I don't know if COVID's ever going away because even Fauci now is saying a fourth booster is possible. This is endless profit for the pharmaceuticals. If they can get yes. government to COVID, enforce it, yeah, why not keep it going? Well, COVID will only go away when the people demand that it goes away. There you um, go. COVID exactly. is not about, yeah, COVID's not even about, um, not, it's not about anything else other than control and money and power. There you go. Adam, we just got time for you to give out your website again. I'm going to encourage everyone to go to it and look at this as an alternative. Sure. Eric Code 8, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, um, I apologize. Uh, I was just going to say uh, our website URL is uh, rhsusa.com. That's Remote Health Solutions. Google us. We're all over the web. Uh, rhsusa.com. And come see one of our doctors. Or if you are a doctor and you want to be one of our doctors, reach out and let us know. We'd love okay. to love to hear from you, whether you're a patient or, or a medical professional. On that note, we're up against a hard break, but I appreciate very much what you're doing, and I'm sure the listeners do too. Thanks for joining us, Adam. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate Thank it. You. Have a great day. God bless.